This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. That kind of uh, thing, you know, uh, recently... Um, do with all the COVID, there's a little bit different. We have to carry ourselves a little bit differently. Um, I know Teresa's mama graduated recently, and um, Tiffany's mama graduated uh, this past week, and unfortunately, uh, you know, I wasn't able to really... uh, I know how Paul felt when he was in prison, and he had to uh, he couldn't wrap his arms around you. He had to believe that the Heavenly Father would just gather you up and love you and let you know He's got you. And, uh, you know, you're in our heart and in our in our prayers. And no one can comfort like the Lord can comfort where that is concerned. Uh, but I would tell you this. You know, my dad <clears throat> has been in heaven for some time now. fortunate to still have my mom... Uh, to borrow a northern saying, she's a real card, that girl. But uh, And she's a strong believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, but uh, there's a scripture, and Sans mom and Sans dad are already in heaven. And they're our treasure. Uh, they're our pleasure and our treasure. You know, but there's a time in life when they exit our life. As the Bible says, they, uh, there's a promise that says when you're, Mother and your father forsake you. And that's not that they, you know, abandon you. I suppose it could uh, look that way or feel that way. You know, we don't understand and realize how much of a rock and a stability they are in our life until they're not there, you know, uh, anymore. They're not here, but they're still part of our life, and they go on before us, and they will greet us on that one uh, great as the... They used to say when I first got saved, that great getting up morning. But it says this, that when your mother and your father forsake you or, or move on and exit this life, it says the Lord will take you up. And I found that to be true. You know, he is such a wonderful father and he will fill the void uh, And he'll fill it with richness and memories of, you know, their legacy lives on and all of the things, the words, the interactions, the experiences uh, that we had. Uh, We're so privileged to have uh, with them. So we bless you in the name of the Lord. Uh, I have to kind of do a little long distance and feel as appropriate um, to be sniffling and hacking and coughing in a crowd of people, though, you know, Y'all are spread out for enough. You can take your chances this morning. <laughs> Amen. <clears throat> oh. But we're on the last. Uh, we welcome you today. Uh, such a wonderful presence uh, of the Lord in the house. My prayer is that is, uh, for this year is that we will experience uh, a greater presence of the Lord in our lives, not just on Sunday mornings. Uh, Don't limit God to just the time that we have together, though that is wonderful and special, and it should not be forsaken. 
you know, uh, we've had to, a lot of stuff was robbed from us last year, wasn't it? Uh, but we rejoice and we aim for restoration because this is a greater year than last year. Amen. And uh, we're in a new normal, but that new normal will be that we're able to move uh, around and uh, not just do as we've always done, but do even more, have a greater liberty and freedom uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ, free from fear, free from bondage, free from all of these things. Amen. Well, Pastor, why aren't you healed? Well, I am healed. I'm just battling with a symptom. Uh, you know, um, the battle ain't over yet, but it's already been won. Praise the Lord. He sends his word and it heals them. And uh, I'm uh, believing in, in the process of receiving uh, that. Not everything is instantaneous. Uh in your life, you know, I suppose it would be if it just went to bed and laid down and, you know, took, you know, whatever. But, you know, we still got things to do, got to be up and about and all that kind of stuff. And uh, it's it's not the, it's, how many of you feel like that your life is being stre- <laughs> stretched? And not just by the devil, but by really God. I mean, you're stretching, reaching for something. It's not the stretch, it's the stress. The strain should not be, the straining should not be a draining in your life. See, uh, a lot of times we're, we're, uh, we're told to reach. We're told to stretch. We're told to strain forward towards the goal of the heavenly uh, calling that we have in God, to come up higher, the higher calling of God in our life. But you know, oh, it's, it's a trick sometimes to not stress over all that stuff. Well, moving right along, take that uh, for your healing today, because if you've been stressing, if you've been stressing in the stretching, uh, leave the, leave the stress as a weight. It'll weigh you down. It'll slow you down. It'll tax your immune system. It'll tax your mental capacity. It'll tax your, you know, your energy, and, and eventually get in your resources. Are you listening? So we're we're not supposed to stress. Stress. We're supposed to stretch, though. You don't have to have one or the other. Amen. <clears throat> well. This uh, is the fourth and the final uh, Sunday of the series that we're calling Chosen. God has chosen uh, us, chosen each and every one of you, uh, to grow up in him, to come to him, uh, and to grow up in him. I thank God as, you know, uh, uh, Pastor Kelly uh, was singing today, talking about the decision uh, that she had made. Um, I'm sure so many, many years ago, my my uh, my imagination traveled back uh, to a little Southern Baptist church on a red dirt road, and all they had was a piano. And uh, but I feel the presence of God, and the greatest thing that could ever happen to anyone happened to me. Uh, the Lord chose me and when I found out about that 
Not that he chose me to preach or do anything for him. What could I do for what could I do for God? But I found out what God had done for me because he had chosen me. And he said, if you'll choose life, I'll give you life. I'll give you a life worth living. And boy, some 38 years later, it was in the month of February, second week of the month of February, 1983. Here we are 38 uh, years later. And I'm going to tell you, life with God is a lot better than life without God. And that is the truth. So we're chosen, and and we've looked at Isaiah 58, uh, where it says, Is this not the kind of fast that I have chosen to loose the chains of injustice, untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here am I. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in the sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame and you will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Before we dive down into that too far, I was reading in Psalms, the first chapter. I want to read it, just a few scriptures out of there. Uh, it's the promise, the end promise that you will be like a well-watered garden. Book uh, 1, chapter 1 of uh, the Psalms says this, What delight comes to the one who follows God's ways? He won't walk in step with the wicked, nor share the sinner's way. Nor be found sitting in the scorner's seat. His pleasure and passion is remaining true to the word of I am. Meditating day and night in the true revelation of light, he will be standing firm like a flourishing tree planted by God's design. Deeply rooted by the brooks of bliss bearing fruit in every season of his life. He is never dry, never fainting, ever blessed, and ever prosperous. But how different are the wicked. You know, what a, what a picture uh, for our lives ever blessed, ever prosperous. And we've been talking about making this uh, shift to living life on top. And, and you know, when we're, when we're growing up in God, when we're coming up in God, we have... Uh, been taught about the blessing and the need to be blessed and the desire and the wanting to be blessed by God and to ex- encounter, experience that, know that and understand that for ourselves. But there comes a point in time when God has to really, you know, uh, uh, he fills the bucket up, but then he has to teach us to to f- turn that bucket sideways and begin to pour out to be a blessing. That the whole purpose of being blessed All of the what is for the who. All of the what of our life, the platforms of our life, the prosperities of our life, it's for the who 
of our life, for the end of measure of our life would be people for our life. When we get to heaven, the only thing that will be there, the real treasure in heaven, is you don't, you know, you don't uh, package up your most prized possessions here on the earth and ship them off to heaven. And they're waiting there for you. The only thing that's making it out of this life into heaven is people. The only thing. And when Jesus talked about laying up treasures in heaven, he wasn't talking about physical possessions. He was talking about people for our lives. That's what he gave his life for. Continues to live for. And, and when we grow up in him, it becomes our purpose as well. You know, drawing near to God, a fast about drawing near to God. When we draw near to God, we'll hear his heart. You know, there's a place of seeking God's hand, but that's aiming too low. Aiming for his heart. His heart controls his hand. If you have his heart, you'll have his hand. We spent the last three weeks talking about his heart. You know, this part four would be this, simply this, the last promise uh, in this. Now, we looked at the, the, the reward here uh, of being like a well, ever prospered, ever blessed, flourishing bearing fruit in every season in our life. But the, uh, the fourth requirement in that, it's simply to share yours with others. It says, if you will share, if you'll be willing to share, share what, out of what God does for you, be willing to share a portion of that uh, with others. We talked about care about the heart, about the compassion of the Lord. And you know that word compassion is really a co-passion. This is what God is passionate about. Passini was, uh, was saying, you know, no, I believe nothing is nearer or dearer to the heart of God than those who are fathers from God, whether they are local or global. The one that's not safely in the fold, he searches for. And... You know, in life, if someone is lost, uh, they'll call a search party. And people will volunteer voluntarily. And they'll go searching and help search to try to find the one that's lost. All of a sudden, that's priority. It's the breaking news. It's the one thing that stops everything that's worth stopping everything else to go and to do. Is that not true? Same with God. A co-passion and a co-mission is partnering with God. You know, and it's simply by faith. We take it by faith. We trust God's heart uh, to move and to make happen a prospering of the hand. And I believe this. If we have God's heart, we most certainly will have uh, his hand. Faith, a faith promise is simply, God, if you will supply, I will share from that supply. You care, and I care about people, about their position, about their condition uh, in life. Not just this life, and the natural things. And we're involved in natural things. You know, you uh, get a copy of the um, uh, of our our uh, missions, missionaries that we partner with, and you'll see there's a, across the board a wonderful balance of uh, natural and spiritual things. Um, but the greatest thing uh, in life is also about the life to come. 
You know, we both, us and God, uh, desire and want to meet the needs, spiritual needs and natural needs of people, local and global. And as we said, the fourth reward, the results, it says you will call and God will answer you. You know, uh, of special note, I believe that there's a hotline, there's a business line. God has a business line. And as uh, the Lord Jesus said, he said, I must be about my father's business. So there is the father's business. And that is a family business. He's, the Bible also says he's, he is, his eyes are searching. They're looking for someone that he can show himself strong on their behalf. What would that speak of? Partnership with God. Co-laborers. You know, in the family business, we are co-laborers. But we're also joint heirs. You know, when I grew up, um, coming up, a large family, farm family, everybody had a job. We were all co-laborers, but we were also joint heirs. I mean, you know, we all... You know, we all could ride the snowmobile, the mini bikes, go fishing, hunting. You know, uh, um, you know, if they cook steak, we all ate steak. Some of us didn't just have to have hot dogs. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, it was uh, the 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 big. Uh, how many of you remember them big station wagon cars? <laughs> big Ford LTD station wagon that it was the only thing that could fit us all in there. Eight kids and two folks, and someone was always touching somebody else, and you know how that goes. Somebody was mad because they had to sit uh, in the middle, didn't get the window. And you used to have to roll the windows down, you couldn't just... Anyway, I digress. Uh, but it was our car. It wasn't just, you know, mama's car. It was our car. It was our family. It was our farm. Was that, as far as we were concerned, it was our food, our money, our cows. It was ours. It, you, wouldn't, you couldn't explain it to us that we were co-laborers. And, you know, because during that time in you as a child, you just think about, no, it's mine. That's mine. See, no, but it was ours. You know, this life in God is to be ours. It's to be shared with everyone and every, everyone everywhere. You know, the Lord uh, just simply said this, ask to be a blessing. Acknowledge and accept that you are blessed, so you can be, if you will be, a blessing to God and a blessing for God. To the people he loves and cares about and wants in his family. And this family, is ne- he's never satisfied that, uh, now that's, you know, uh, four trillion, you know, uh, and now there's not any room for any more. No, the Bible says hell has to enlarge itself. Heaven was built big enough to hold everyone that would choose the God who chose them. Amen. You know, uh, God loves people. God cares about people. He cares about their condition spiritually. He cares about their condition naturally.
There's no separation there. And there needs to be a balance between the two. He wants all in his family that want to be in his family. You know, the scripture, and I'm going to read this out of uh, Psalms, the second chapter, and again out of the Passion Bible. It simply says this, verse 7, I will reveal the eternal purpose of God, for he has decreed over me, you are my favored son, and as your father I have crowned you as my king eternal, talking about Jesus, and he's talking about you and I. Says today I became your father. Ask me to give you the nations, and I will do it, and they shall become your legacy. Your domain will stretch to the ends of the earth. One translation of this of of this scripture says, "Ask wealth of me." What is the what is the the great the greater wealth? Nations people for our life all of the what the uttermost parts of the earth for your possessions is so that we can reach and take care of um, the uttermost people the nations the true wealth of the the precious fruit of the earth that God waits for is people is people It's people. The Bible says God is not slack concerning his promises. Talking about his coming again and catching us away and getting on with the program. He says, but he waits patiently for the fruit. Not wanting that any would perish. Not wanting any to be lost. So sometimes, you know, uh, it seems like that things things are moving slower you know, but everything is, it's amazing how everything is connected and intertwined and, uh, in, in life. And, and you may be ready, but maybe they're not ready yet. And maybe they won't get ready until you get ready. You see, you know, maybe God can't do it all by himself. Maybe he needs you and I to help him. Well, what could we do for God? You know, well, we can do something. I don't want to get to the end of my days and have done nothing for God. I spent my whole life asking God to do something for me and I never bothered to ask, what can I do for you? I fear that we have generations now in the church that stand on both sides of that line. And that there's generations that are being short that will be severely shortchanged and impoverished when they come to the end of the line and have only asked of God for themselves. Only what, God, you need to do something for me and never bothered to ask God, what can I do for you? There are people watching us today. There there, there are, are, are church kids. There are Folks that have backslid, folks that have fallen, uh, their love has grown cold and fallen away. And here's the thing, you, wanna, you, wanna, you know where the point of, of departure and the point of you know, coming uh, back to God is? Quit 
asking God to do for you, ask God what you can do for him. That's how you'll grow up. That's how you'll come forward. That's how life will start to be, you know, worth living again. Anyhow, down down to Medlin, stopped pastoring and went to Medlin. But you know, a a pastor uh, uh, has been assigned to live with the sheep. And you know, you just got to tell the truth sometimes. He says, ask wealth of me. You know, there is a wealth that is for a witness. There's wealth that's reserved for the witness. It says when we come into the, the good land that God has for us, when we start living in the promised land of God, all of God's promises being yes and amen, start seeing God fulfill his purpose and his plan, his provision for the vision, uh, the dreams in your heart that hopefully are his dreams, when those things start to happen and your life is prospered and blessed and increased and multiplied and you begin to live in, a, in, in the fullness, it said don't, don't get proud and full of yourself and think that that was just all for you. He said, you remember the Lord your God. Don't forget that it is God that gave you the power to produce the wealth. I like that. That's, God doesn't just, you know, throw... Uh, you know, throw uh, throw it all, you know, uh, all down out of heaven. He's set everything in motion and given us the ability uh, uh, to be fruitful. We're blessed to be fruitful, and that fruitfulness will do it. It'll 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 increase. It'll multiply. It'll be ever incre- ever blessed, ever prospered. See, and what do you do when the bucket's full? You you start to overflow. You just overflow. And, you know, anybody that's ever brought a five-gallon bucket underneath a, you know, uh, underneath a spigot and it gets full and starts to overflow, what's your first thought? Shut the spigot off? Do you want to shut God off in your life? Do you want to shut the blessing off? Honey, get your bigger bucket. <laughs> No wonder God said, if you, if you tithe and give offerings, he said, if you'll use what I give you and be willing to do what I tell you where that's concerned, he goes, I'll pour you out a blessing. There won't be room enough to contain it. You'll have to get a bigger bucket. You need to think in a bigger way. There's, I'm going to have to get a bigger bucket here. Oh, I'm preaching real good whether you know it or not. A faith promise is simply, God, if you will supply, I will share from that which you supply. Because I care. I know you care, and we both want to do the same thing. The resorts, rewards, of course, that we can ask uh, and that God will answer. And I believe this. There's probably no quicker way uh, to get answered from uh, God than to ask in this way. A reminder about this. What we're really asking for is seed to sow. We're asking God, who is the one who provides seed for sowing and bread for eating. Now I want you to look at, remind you of this. Every provision of seed comes in the form of a harvest. There's a percentage that's seed. There's a percentage that's bread. God, God didn't originally, 
you know, uh, tell Adam and Eve, now go over there in the corner, y'all going to find some little packets, and you're going to have some seed in it. Why don't you go out there and scratch in the dirt, and I want y'all to plant a garden. No, the Bible says God planted a garden. Then he put the... He put the people in the provision that he had already made. And then he said to them, see the seed? It was encapsulated in, you know, I don't see the seed. Well, take a bite of the apple, son. Take a bite of the pear. Bite way down to the court. See the seed now? It's in the harvest. You got to eat the fat and drink the sweet. But realize, keep on down till you realize every seed that I'm going to provide for you, I'm going to put it inside of a wonderful harvest that's going to be a delight to you. And, and now, it ain't all seed, it ain't all harvest. You got to ask God. You got to ask God. Now, for those of you, and this is a hard word, now this is a hard saying, so close up your heart and get your mind, you know. No, open your heart. Keep your mind open, see. You know, uh, if you won't be bothered to ask God about finances, listen, don't be surprised when you won't have any answers from God about finances. We're, we're in a different and a new normal where just, you know, uh, Asking God to bless you without wanting to be a blessing to God. Wanting God to do something for you without you doing something for God. There's going to be a distinction made there. You know, One will be your shoes won't wear out. You'll still eat manna. You'll still have wafers. You know, you'll, have, you'll still have look up every morning and go, what is it? Same old, same old. <laughs> Are you listening? That's the truth. But now there's a promised land. There's a place that's filled with the goodness of God, filled with provision of God and the discovery, a lifetime of discovery of those wonderful things. There's a thriving and a flourishing because our delight is in keeping true to the word of I am. Amen. And this is a word from God. Now, you can look at it. Well, you know, uh, uh, here we go again. You know, they're just, the church is always wanting money. Well, I know tomorrow you're not going to go to work because you don't want money. Don't go to Walmart. All they want is money. Don't go to the gas station because, you know, when you get done pumping the gas... Have you noticed most of them say prepay because it's going up and they don't want you to drive away without the paying. But anyway, you know, uh, you know, going to, I am so offended. All you ever want is money. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to tell you what. Now, now, here's the thing. We're so far removed from if you decide on a harvest. All right. The reward of a harvest. You have to attach that there's a requirement of a seed. Because every harvest, every harvest, every harvest just doesn't match, magically appear. It's sown for. It's sown and grown. You know, we're really, we're, what we're doing in this is that we're believing 
And I believe this, you'll be, you and I will be receiving seed to sow, not just in any field, but in God's field. In God's field. The mission field. The harvest field. Local and global. And I'll tell you, the soil is rich. It will take whatever you put in it. I say God's heart will take whatever you put in it. And God's hand will grow it. It will increase it. It will multiply it 30, 60, and 100 fold in returns. 30, 60, and 100 fold. You know, we're, we're simply, uh, all of us is praying, trusting God to speak, and then simply obey by faith and watch God work. And I'll tell you, God is at work. You know, today is a day of decisions. It is a day of direction. A day of destination and a day of destiny. You know, make the connection. And I pray that you'll make the connection that the who and what of who you are, what you do, your life's work, that that would connect with God's work. That's a choice. God has chosen you. The Bible says you are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. What would be good works? The good work of God. The works that God is working. Amen. But I pray that, that, that you make a connection between who God made you to be. What you do in life. Your life's work. It matters. It counts. It has great significance. Uh, and I keep hearing this. You know, some of you, you know, the Bible says, st- listen, don't be afraid to start small with God. You know? Now, we're believing God for, for great things, but it doesn't fall to one person. There are three campuses that are involved in, uh, in, in this. Last year, we did $65,000 to World Missions. And we're believing, Dr. Vickers has said, believed, wanted to believe for $75,000 this year. Everyone that, whose heart is willing and whose heart stirs them, that this makes sense to you see uh just do your part don't try to this is not a competition thing or anything that it's it's you know sand and i uh, still you know we still have you know greater dreams in our heart than the reality that we face every day how about you you have a reality you face every day but there's a dream in your heart amen so what do you do? Do you say, you know, I mean, we were talking, sin goes up, and she's voicing the dream in her heart, you know, of, of this and that and the other. And, that. And, and then there was silence, and I said, don't say you don't see how. I said, don't say that. Because that's the temptation. Because I'm facing a reality, but I'm voicing my dream. I said, you know, Sam, we get up every day and we do, we talked about yesterday, I said, we did what we could do today. That's what we did. And we'll do that tomorrow and the next day. And we'll trust God that he will make a way from our reality to our dream becoming the reality that we're living in that. And that's enough. 
we make progress in that success. So listen, I just feel like that there's some, you know, you say, I really just don't have any extra. Well, how would you get extra? You sow and watch it grow. You could just take one dollar, pledge one dollar. Now somebody says, that's ridiculous. No, it's not to God. It's about faith. It's about growing. It's about sowing and growing and reaping our way there. It's not in accordance with what we don't have. It's in accordance with the faith that he puts in our heart. Do that. If it, 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 you know, I've had times, I'm going to tell you what, I'd work all week long as a young man. All week. 50 hours. You know? And, and you know, uh, sand was going to school. The babies were little. I'd have two dollars. Two bucks. You could buy a Coke for 35 cents, but I have two bucks, you know. And there were times when, you know, somebody would be walking down the railroad track and God said, give them your two dollars. I go, God, that's all I got. Ain't going to be no more. He said, give them your two dollars. One time I gave it to this older gentleman. <laughs> you know, and I said, the Lord just wants to bless you. He said, you know, the Lord already has blessed me. He said, I'm 90-something years old, and he said, I drink whiskey every day and still run women, this and that. And I'm thinking, God, I wasted my $2. He said, he said no. <laughs> he said, I said, that old rascal? I said, he's probably going to buy whiskey with it. He said, he needed the witness that I care about him, that I see him, that I'm knowing him, and I want to bless him. Old whiskey r- woman running rascal. Amen. Well, it was it was important that 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 wealth, if it was only two dollars, it was important for me to obey. But it's also important as a witness to him. Amen. That's how the kingdom happens. Did it make a difference? Well, I'm tell you. Every week I look in this camera and I and and after during the week I say, God, I have to believe that someone somewhere is listening and that. And that they are bowing their heart and that they are deciding to give their heart to you. I have to take that by faith. By faith. That if I do what I can do, what God's given me to do, if I obey, that God will make a way and that, and that lives can be radically changed. As a result, how about you? You know, um, when we partner with God, you know who, you know who He is, and His what is what matters most. That that's closest to His heart, of course, that's people. And this is just a very simple and a practical way, right here at the beginning of the year. When do you sow your seed? Well, whenever you need a harvest, does the harvest come immediately? It's got to grow. What you sow has to grow. But it will be increased by God. God's hand will be on it. And it will increase and multiply. And it will come back to you in the same year, a hundredfold. When we sow in the face of famine. When we sow, I don't have it. I need it as bread to eat, but I choose to sow it as seed. All right? Um, and expect it in the, same, in the same year. But also, I'm going to tell you what. Beyond the years of this life, I'm believing that what I do this year 
for missions will result in people being forever radically life's changed that they'll be in heaven as a result of that I have to do that by faith I may never know I may get glimpses of that you know uh, from the reports that we get for the missionaries but you never know who's uh, listening you know uh, recently my aunt Jen Jenny uh, is uh, if you're listening Aunt Jen I sure do love you she sent a, a Facebook message and and uh, uh, one time she said, boy, she was surprised how I turned out considering how bad I was as a kid. And uh, Sin goes, how bad were you? I said, I really don't know. I don't remember. I got, you know, as a heathen. So, uh, you know, who knows? But uh, <laughs> I didn't think I was that bad. But Aunt Jen sent a re- uh, message uh, recently. Uh, she said, you remember when, when we, there was, I do remember that day uh, sitting at the farm table up in North Danville, and uh, the point is you never know who's listening. Aunt Janet uh, and Aunt Jen were there, and I was asking Aunt Janet, you know, I'd probably, you know, be 10 years old, something like that, uh, 11, and I was asking her about God, because Aunt Janet uh, and Uncle Harold had a real relationship with God. And so I was asking her questions about God. And Aunt Jen was there at the table as well. And, you know, I, I was satisfied in my mind. It didn't change my heart. I didn't become a Christian until I was 23. But seeds were planted that day. But Aunt Jen sent a message. And I love you too, Aunt Jen, if you're listening. Um, you never know who's listening. Aunt Jen sent a message just recently, a few weeks ago. She said, do you remember that day? She said, "You were uh, Aunt Janet was talking to you. She said, but my life was radically changed that day. That day my life changed. You just never know who's listening. Amen. And what a wonderful thing. Both Aunt Jen and Aunt Jan, treasures. Amen. We're going to be together forever. But what a one. At a, you know, just people obeying God. You just never know what your seed will do. What your obedience will do. Who will be radically changed forever. Because of what you do. A decision that you make in these times about the seed you will sow. You never know. You never know. You cast it on the waters, and after many days, after this life is over, even, there'll be people that come up and say, you don't know me, but I'm here because you gave. You don't know me, but I know you gave to God. You gave to this missionary because that missionary... I was sitting at a table somewhere in the world, sitting on a floor, a mud hut somewhere in the world, and my life was radically changed because the glorious gospel, the opportunity was given to me, and the option to choose God was placed before me. And I want to thank you for what you did. Could you say amen to that? I want to just simply ask you, listen, you know, this glorious gospel, we can couch it so many ways, but the Bible says it is the power of God unto salvation. 
The name of Jesus. There is no other name under heaven whereby men may be saved. The glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. That you can be dead in sin but raised to a new life. A resurrection uh, power of the new life. A radically changed life where God says I'll give you a new heart. I'll take out that old stony heart that doesn't want God. And I'll put in a heart that wants God. Wants to please God. A heart that wants to live. And a heart that wants to give. Oh, there's no greater thing you and I could be involved in. Connect who you are and what you do. And your assignment. And put it in alignment with this great commission. That God has given us. And don't think that... Uh, that your portion is not going to be enough. It will be enough in little as much in God's hands. It might be little in your eyes. It might be little in someone else's lives. But if everybody just does a little, look what God can do with a little. Amen? And I tell you, what is, what is uh, like the disciples said with the little boy who had a little, two sardines and a few rich crackers. His lunch. A little boy's lunch. One of the disciples said, this is what we have. Because Jesus said, what do we have? What do you have? What can we work with out of what you do have? And the disciple says, well, there's a little boy here and he just has a little lunch. It's two little fish and a few sardine uh, a few crackers to go with it. And he said, but what is so little in the light of so great a need? You know, sometimes we say the whole world ought to know. It's such a great need for people to be presented with the gospel of Jesus Christ. When you talk about the nations of this world and what was with my little bit but I'm going to tell you what when I do my little with all of my heart and I put it in with God God will bless it and multiply it and he will do so much with it that it will take eternity to tell the story Amen I believe that I believe that everybody everywhere ought to have the opportunity and that we can be part of that both locally and globally so I should pray about uh, exercising your option and making a connection to sow and to allow God to grow it and to reap in the, great, in the greater harvest fields of God, the nations of this world. I want to thank you for your, want to thank you for your time. You never know who's listening. So before we go, I'd like to, um, uh, I'd like to present this, uh, this to you. Never want to go away without the giving people the opportunity to exercise their option their choice you know uh, no greater time than right now I believe that God's been working in hearts and lives this week I believe that I believe that he's been working in my heart he's been working in your heart I believe there's a yearning and a longing over people that have fallen away, have walked away, or those that are just simply far away from God. There'd be no greater time to come to Jesus than right, than right now. Come to Jesus. Come give your heart to Jesus. Let God do something with your life. You were made 
for such significance. For more than just survival, more than just wandering and wandering through this life. You were made on purpose and for a purpose. And I want to call you to that purpose that God has for your life. And you enter into the plans that he has for you. They're all good to give you a wonderful future that's beyond this life. But it all starts with a single decision, a single choice to let Jesus lord your life. What does that mean? Well, Jesus, you be the leader and I'll be the follower. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.